welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibble. And I'm Ethan Sereski. And hold me like you did by the lake on Naboo. And we have a very special guest with us today. I'm very excited. We've been talking about him for ages. Uh, I've known him for years. Uh, arguably the smartest person I know. Almost definitely the most well-read person I know. You might know him as a musician. You might know him as a fantastic uh, dungeon master. Top five in America, I'd say. You might know him <laughs> as an author. It's Mr. Hal Johnson. Yay! Yay! Thank you so much for having me, folks. Thank you for being here, Hal. Uh, just off the top, uh, I've noticed, I'd love to ask you about your writing. And you know, I've, you and I have played Dungeons and Dragons together for over twenty years now. Right, right, right. And, and you and Hal have too. And you're still like twelfth level. Yeah. Well, you know, there's no rush. No, no. Yeah, keep it real. Is yeah, that not good? It's 12th level, not great? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I, it means I'm parsimonious in the X, XP. I, I should be handing them out. <laughs> it's true. He's he's a, like, he's a little stingy. We'll he doesn't play thing. like 8th grade style where you kill a bunch of kobolds and you get your Holy Avenger and 10,000 experience. Well, don't you want your XP to mean something, Ships? That's exactly. Right. Seriously. You gotta earn it. And also, it allows the game to run longer because otherwise... Too soon, your characters get too powerful, and it becomes almost impossible to run a game with these hyper powerful characters. Now, what what are you guys in the game? Because aren't you like, are there mages and yeah. Lancelots? Like, what are you guys? Well, I play uh, my character. I have three characters that I rotate between at this point. Okay, let me know. Let's hear. Okay, my newest one, Clemens, is a half elf <laughs> ranger. Sorry, yeah. what? Clemens, he's a half elf ranger. He's oh, from half- I barely know him. He feels he feels like a stranger still. Yes, <laughs> we, I've, on, I've only been playing him for the last couple of months. Okay. Uh, whereas my two older classic characters, classic, are uh, Carl Shiny Hands, <laughs> a uh, gnome uh, fighter thief. Who <laughs> is? You should do the voice. You got to yeah. do Carl's voice. I'm Carl Shanahan's. I love you. <laughs> You're fantastic. What's happening? <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's like that, and uh, he uh, loves gemstones. Is very uh, stupid, and is very pious for his god uh-huh. Garl Glittergold, the most <laughs> wonderful gnome that ever lived. <laughs> and not not a mole. Not. Certainly and he's mole. not a mole. People keep accusing him of it's being a, a mole, but yeah. he's not. Weird mistake. I hate. And last but not least is uh, Arbin, the uh, world's famous con man, who is currently mar- uh, engaged to marry the goddess of death. He's a 14th level bard, 12th level mage, something around something there. Something like that. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah no, he's, he's the one that I started off with. And so he's been around leveling up the entire time. No, he's I'd imagine pretty, Hal, you're very powerful. No, I'm the dungeon master. This this makes me almost all powerful. Oh, okay. I didn't understand the the um, relationship the dun- between the dungeon master and the players. I didn't know if he also leveled up. 
Yeah, the way uh, the Dungeon Master conceptually works is they are sort of telling a story. And the player characters are deciding the uh, actions of one character within the story. And the Dungeon Master decides everyone else's actions and everything else that happens. Oh, I like it. It's kind of, You know what it reminds me of? That VHS game you told me about and Hal's like the guy who goes, roll the dice. Yes, it's a lot like Nightmare, the VHS board game. Mm. Right. It's pretty much interchangeable. Uh, a lot of people say Gary Gygax stole everything from Nightmare, the VHS board game. I, yeah. I have to imagine Gary Gygax got there first. Well, you you can keep imagining, Hal, but we know the truth. <laughs> you know, in the in the very early days of Dungeons & Dragons, the, the Dungeon Master was just called a referee. Mm. Uh, I like Dungeon, that. Dungeon Master was a... a uh, a bottom up, a, a voice of the people. People just started using this. I don't know where it came from in TSR, uh, as they did with all things in the early days of Dungeons and Dragons, just uh, trademarked it and brought it into the rules. That's a yeah. little ridiculous that you have mages and sorcerers and the guy running the game is the referee. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it came you from war games. see why this Dungeon Master vibed better. Yeah. Oh my God, there's magic happening. What, wait, what, what's going to happen, ump? Uh, well, you've got a, uh, obviously a personal foul. Uh, yeah. But enough Dungeons and Dragons. Hal, I want to talk a little bit about your writing. Oh, sure. Hi, I write books for a living. Yes, you've, ri- you've put out three books this year. Is that correct? That's correct. That's very poor timing, but it's correct. That's amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm a good two thirds of the way through Impossible Histories. Okay. Which has just been a fantastic read. Thank you. Thank you. I, I have high hopes for this one. It's a uh, anthology of what if uh, postulations on history. What oh, if the I U.S. Uh, hadn't dropped the atomic bomb? What if this, that, and the other? Uh, what if? What, what's your favorite one, Hal? Like, give give the audience one to make them go out and get the book. So uh, I really so what, what you know how. Uh, Leif Erikson came to uh, the Vikings came from came from Iceland to Greenland and then landed in North America and like you know set up shop for like a couple of months. Right. Mm-hmm. And what if they, what if they had stayed? What if they had stayed? Uh, for example, to get more lumber because Greenland had no had no lumber. I would be and, blonde. Uh, well, no, I thought. Well, we wouldn't be here. Um, uh, Speak for yourself. I'm Norse. <laughs> well, that's the I. I so here, here, you haven't heard the ending yet. This is the twist ending. I apologize. Ending. Right. But yeah. uh, the idea, and so I, I don't want to spoil too much, but um, I mean, the, the, the Vikings would have been, they, they wouldn't have been able to hold off like a continent worth of, of Indians, right? They, they would have, they would have eventually either been assimilated and there are so few of them that there so the assimilation would have been, you know, a, a tiny drop in the DNA of, of North America, or they would have all been killed which is what happened in Greenland. But uh, what they could have given to Native Americans would be a bunch of germs, which would give them later on a resistance 500 years later to the Spanish germs. Uh, Iron, uh, the concept of forging iron. They had some steel, uh, probably not very much, but uh, they certainly had iron. And there's a big collection of bog iron on an island right near where Vinland would have been. Mm. And uh, horses. And, uh, of course, the Native Americans had no horses, but uh, they had them in Greenland. And we don't know if they brought them to Vinland, but they would have if they had set up shop Vinland later, of uh, longer. And the Vikings traded with the the Native Americans briefly, but they only traded like red cloth. But what if they had traded not just weapons, but the concept of forging weapons? What if they had traded horses? 
And what if they had managed to get some of their germs out there into the infrastructure uh, of, of North America? Then 500 years later, when the Spaniards come, they're going to be encountering people who may be like mounted knights, armored, and fighting them off with, with uh, iron weapons and resistant to some extent to disease. It would have been uh, much more difficult to conquer, to colonize. Uh, Is it possible if, if they had learned some of the forging techniques, they would have developed um, firearms by that point? I mean, uh, possible. Anything's I think that's possible. Anything's possible. I guess that would have been sick, though, if the, if the Europeans yeah. showed up and they were and they were popping off, they're clapping them thangs. Right, yeah. right. So yeah, that's the fun of this book. That's the fun. I spoiled and, the whole chapter. The, that, that's I spoiled yeah. the ending. No, but I, that's going to get. Listen, I'm going to go get it yeah, uh, go based get it, on please. that alone. I think yeah. I, I'm telling the audience this sounds great. This reminds me of that. Uh, I, try there was to, a I try to give a persuasive reasoning throughout it. So you I, and and your reasoning is very persuasive. Reading the book. I can't admit, I know that in general, you're a very, uh, you're a big reader. I think that's fair to say. I like, I like to read. Yeah. And there's, this book seems so well-researched. Like I'm sure if you had released an edition with footnotes, they could be very extensive. I feel like you are not making anything up and every, every chapter is just jam packed with detail and fact and like quotations. How much research did you do specific from this book and how much did you just sort of have in your general lexicon? Well, the, the trick was that for almost all the chapters, I picked subjects that I was interested in and had been reading about anyway. Mm. So to some extent, I, it's a lifetime of research, but... So uh, you're a cheater. I cheated. Well, like for, <laughs> I mean, there's a all chapter... All history which, is just cheating, right? There's I, a chapter I agree with that. where Henry Wallace, uh, Henry Wallace was, was FDR's second vice president, and he swapped I thought he was Braveheart. Him. No, no, that's no, William, William Wallace. That's his cousin. William Wallace. <laughs> My fault. Henry Wallace is much more of a Secretary of Agriculture and much less of a Scottish warlord. Less, and, of, a, less of an anti-Semite, too. Um, Probably. Oh, that's Mel Gibson. I get them. Confused. Right. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. no. Uh, he just fault. brought him to life. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, for this chapter, I had to read a biography of, of Henry Wallace, and he's a really boring person. <laughs> and his, his whole shtick was that if, if he, not Truman, had been... Uh, had been vice president when FDR died, he would have become president. And he was a weaker character than Truman, and he probably would have folded before Stalin much more rapidly, and he may not have dropped the, the atomic bomb. Uh, oh, wow. He's a real peacenik. Which, uh, you know, and then the chapter discusses the pros and cons, but the point is that Wallace himself, I mean, there how many biographies of Wallace am I expected to read? For God's sakes, like, one mm. is not research. That's lame. But you, you can't just read one book and call it research. But on the other hand, how many I books? Get, can I get I, bored yeah. easily. I don't. I don't want to read yeah. another one. Uh, so, did you read the book about uh, what what would have happened if Lindbergh had become president? It was a sort of what if scenario. Yeah. No, that was that's the uh, the Roth one, right? But yes. Roth? Yep. Yeah. No, I didn't read that. No. Yeah, not bad. But I like your concept better. To tell you no. the truth. Yeah, it's it's really fun. They're they're bite sized, and it's also like all of your writing. It's very witty and very readable. And it's, I found it really fun to read aloud because it makes you sound very smart, which is a pleasant change of pace for me. Mm, mm. And uh, I've been copy and pasting it into my dating site messages. It's a great perfect, idea. Perfect for any history buff that you find. On, I'm like, uh, what if we didn't the drop the bomb? And then I copy and paste like three lines. Yeah, Ladies perfect. love uh, alternate history buffs. That's what I find. Yeah. They, they're very, very attracted to it. Now, how I've noticed that uh, in your published work, 
you have sort of an equal split between uh, novel length narratives and anthologies uh, with your anthologies, two of them being very relevant to our audience, uh, Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods and The Big Book of Monsters. Right. Uh, <laughs> bo- both great reads, uh, both uh, skewing, uh, I want to say, YA, would you say? Middle grade? Yeah, those are, I think they're both middle grade. Uh, but but very fun reads. And uh, so how do you find the process different between something longer form and one of these anthologies? I guess the, the, the advantage of a short story is that you can hold the thing in your head at one time. Mm. But uh, the disadvantage is you're, you're always starting and stopping. So you never, like a novel is easy to, to write at one time because once you have the momentum, you just keep on going, right? Yeah, uh, there's there's the hardest thing to do is to start. And with a short story, you have to start it constantly. Mm. Um, but that's interesting. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think I would rather write long form. But uh, most of my long form writing has not seen pleasure in editors eyes. And that's not the right way of saying it. And so you you self released uh, one of your books this week. I Is did. That, I you did published. I self published it. Uh, now that one I didn't read. Tell us about that one. I self released a little while before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Glad you left uh, the cable to the last minute. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I was busy. <laughs> uh, this and this is a book. It's a novel called Sudden Glory, and it's a historical novel about the year two thousand and three. Mm. And it's about a uh, a prudish mathematician who keeps pretending he's a oversexed international man of mystery until uh, <laughs> people who believe him try to hire him to assassinate uh, an undergraduate who has invented a self-driving car. So, and there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, ancient conspiracies in it. Yes, it's it's funny. It's it's, it's I love amusing it. book. It's it's the only accurate depiction of New York City in 2003 that I've ever I've ever encountered. Okay, everything, else, everything else is fake. A lot of new metal. Now I gotta ask. You mentioned uh, ancient conspiracies. That was a big theme in your uh, debut, uh, Mortal Lycanthropes. That's, is this that's... a crossover? <laughs> uh, so is this the sequel that Noah demanded? <clears throat> it is not. But secretly, there is a character who. Uh, who is in both books. Uh-oh, listeners. I know the, uh, go the find that Easter egg, books. buy both books. That's uh, yeah. I hope it's not obnoxious. No, it's wonderful. It's fun for your fans. I think so too. I, I, if you ever read the works of Daniel Pinkwater, he frequently has a character appearing from book to book, uh, for no real reason. I, I thought that was delightful as a yeah. child. So I, Arthur Conan Doyle had a character that appeared a lot too. No, that's right. He frequently yeah. uh, he did that also. Mycroft. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's who it was. <laughs> well, Hal, I hope you're ready to dig into the show. But before we can even get started, I've got some late breaking cryptid news. That's right, it's time for oh. a cryptid affair. <laughs> All right, guys. This one comes to me from Yahoo. <laughs> Colorado train travelers share footage claiming to capture Bigfoot in the wilderness. <laughs> this is from October 11th. 
The legend of Bigfoot has been floating around for centuries as people across the United States have documented potential encounters with the mysterious creature. Though no one has ever been able to capture the hairy cryptid, many have claimed to see it. A new video out of Colorado shows what observers are calling a Sasquatch wandering the wilderness in broad daylight. Do you believe it? Can you believe it? They found I believe him. it. They found him. They caught him. He was just walking by a train. At it last. was a matter of time, really. Yeah. This is why we need to broaden America's rail infrastructure. <laughs> it's an elusive creature, the person recording the video says. <laughs> As the cousin it-like animal hobbles through the desert. The cousin Sh- it like animal? It's a lot like cousin it from the Adams family. The big Bigfoot's like cousin it. He moves it, like the the hand. No, no, no that's that, no, that's oh, the hair, the hairy. Uh, the hairy so guy. it's like uh yeah, he's like hair. A, just a hair. He's, like yeah, he's covered hair. in hair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Shannon Parker recounted her experience seeing the animal with her husband Stetson in a Facebook post. Oh bullshit. His name is not Stetson. His name I I am genuinely not surprised. I'm sure I've delivered mail to people named Stetson. Uh, They were taking the train from Silverton, Colorado to Durango and were looking for elk in the mountains when they saw something they didn't exactly plan for. As we are passing by the mountains, Stetson sees something moving and then says, I think it's Bigfoot. Brandon, the guy sitting next to Stetson on the train, grabs his phone and starts recording. Meanwhile, I'm trying to get a photo on my camera, she wrote. Y'all, out of the hundreds of people on the train, three or four of us actually saw it. As Stetson says in the video, the ever-elusive creature, Bigfoot. I don't know about y'all, but we believe. (laughs) Shannon reiterated her view that seeing was believing in an interview with the Denver Gazette. According to the lucky traveler, most people on the train didn't bat an eyelash at what was happening outside. And Bigfoot would have probably gone unnoticed if people like her in the back of the train hadn't seen it. People like her. People like, you know, back of train people. Those yeah, guys. sure, that's what they mean, back people, of train people. Yeah, you know, the underclass. Okay. You know? Yeah. Back of train folk. Yeah. Uh, just like that movie, uh, Snowpiercer. Mm. Uh, when she showed the photos and video footage to train employees... They reportedly said they'd never seen anything like it and offered that it could be a legitimate Sasquatch sighting. <laughs> it could Confirmed. be. <laughs> it could be. They said it could be. They said it could be. Uh, obviously, the authenticity of the video should be taken with a big dose of skepticism. Previous Sasquatch videos have proven to be hoaxes, misidentified animals, and more. Still, you never know. Wouldn't it be funny if it was actually Cousin It? It could. It, yeah, that, that's one possibility they did not consider. The final <laughs> irony. <laughs> Don't be surprised if you happen to cross paths with this hulking cryptid on your next hike. And I've dropped a link into the chat to the video. If you guys want to open that up, take a look, and uh, uh, just let me know what you think. God, that looks just like, that really does look like a Bigfoot. Mm. Are you kidding me? You can't even see his feet. No, that thing the article is just a stock photo. Oh, the stock photo does look like that does look like a Bigfoot though. The stock photo. 
No, this stock photo does look like a Bigfoot, but yeah, there's a link to, hang on. I've got a, a direct link to the video. Is this real? This is, well, here, take a look at that. That's where you should go. Holy shit. Maybe the back of the train people are onto something. The back of the train people might be onto something. I thought they were just dizzy from not being fed by the front of the train people. That's really amazing. They just squatted down. It's what are you good. watching still? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm good. watching it again. Okay, I, <laughs> go ahead. I just didn't know what you're doing. So, what do you think? I think Bigfoot. Oh, that, no question. That's big. That, that's Bigfoot. I don't. There's nothing. Nothing in my mind that says it's anything other than Bigfoot. What if it's one of them AI things? No. Yeah, that's what, what could be? No, no. I couldn't see his feet, honestly. They're big. Well, I couldn't see. Yeah. Oh, how many fingers did he have? <laughs> that's right. Well, <laughs> that's our latest a cryptid affair. Ethan, we're 20 minutes into the episode. Why don't you tell <laughs> listeners the premise of the show? Well, we start out with talking about the books and the... No, I'm just joking. Oh, like yeah. all weeks on Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, one of us, and it's Hal Hello. this week, has done extensive research on a ghost school, demon, hobgoblin, something of that sort. And this week, it is the Wood Woeses of Medieval Europe. And the other one of us, uh, Shibble and I both, actually, this week, have done absolutely nothing. We've done no research. We're just waiting for Hal to let us know what these wood woeses are so we can figure it out with you, our lovely audience. Now, I'm going to say neither of us are familiar with the wood woeses. No. I've never, never, in, never in my life have I heard of the wood woeses. And we're saying that right, wood woeses? Probably. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. It's probably one of those things that you don't really hear said aloud very often. No, no. It's <laughs> not a lively uh, oral tradition around wood woeses. So we're just going to have to guess. Ethan, what do you think the wood woeses are? I have a few guesses. <laughs> okay, you've got a couple. Hit me with how many? We got a three? All right. Ready, ready, Hal? Okay. I, I, okay. Do, do tell I, me if do I'm I right. say yes or no? Like, what well, if you after, just get it? After, I'll tell you my guess. If I get it, you have to tell me if I'm right. I have to tell you. you. To, I can't change it on me. the fly, right? No, you cannot change the entire okay. backstory and every fact about your cryptid. Uh, you have to okay. stick with your research. So all right, all right. my first guess, what I think the Woodwoses are, a gang of 1918 toughs all named Woodrow, and they all have severe lisps. Hmm. Okay. No, okay, no, but uh, not not too far off. But it makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, th theory number two. I guess that was not correct. Um, yeah, no, wood woes. I think, yeah. I think it's obvious, uh, Hal. Uh, if they're called wood woeses, and they're from medieval Europe, because uh, roses uh, have been changed from rose because of Middle English. Mm. Mm. And by the way, I, I can do a little Chaucer for you, Shibble, if you'd like after this. Oh, but... no, I remember that you memorized your Chaucer. We've yeah, done that in the show before. One I know. I, I, I'm aware I've done it before. Yeah. The oh, the Drooks said March had parasit to the rota. And bothered every vein the switch liqueur. Right, yeah. yeah. Of which virtue engender it is the floor. Um, <laughs> but I'm thinking what's wooden and lined up in rows in mm -hmm. medieval Europe? Church pews. 
So okay. the wood woeses obviously refer to a haunted church where Satan is bound by the blood of Christ, but is on the verge of escaping. Mm. No, it's much less interesting. Oh, okay. Well, we'll save that for another episode. Uh, mm. Last guess. Um, maybe instead of wood woeses, it was originally wood woesies, which of course would rhyme with a pocket full of posies, indicating that they were a form of plague prevention, maybe like a sort of medieval ivermectin. However, it's hmm. a cryptid, uh, so it, it would be like a monster plant, and it would it would eat people, but people would seek it out for its medicinal value. So no, but I I, I think you could you could torture the actual answer into tying in with any of your three. Excellent, thank you. I I, I feel accomplished. All right, all right. My guess is an order of knights. <laughs> who uh, are all undead, and uh, they have wooden skeletons, Ooh. and they're scary as shit. That is frightening. I, the idea of a wooden skeleton is scary. Yeah, no, like no, Pinocchio. No, no. Yeah. Damn, all right, uh, like a dead Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's what he should. Yeah, someone should kill him, and that's what he is. A dead Pinocchio is my new guess. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know that in the in the book Pinocchio, like Jiminy Cricket dies on like page four? Yeah, I have the original. I have the original. Like, it's go, a yeah. scary book. Yeah, his it's ghost really... haunts him. Yeah, yep. I, first time I tried to read it, I stopped, and then as a grown up, I read it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's why I stopped." That's that's disturbing. Read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, that's uh, that's horrific. I I've I've read it about forty times in the last two years to my daughter from the darkest <laughs> depths of Africa. Well, yeah. Yeah. so oh what, right. oh yes. Well, I guess there's only one way for us to figure out, for you to explain it to me and Ethan, a couple dunderheads like us. We are knuckleheads, yeah, that's right. If, if you could, uh, grace us, honor us with a story time, Perhaps some narrative like fiction. Tale. Right, okay, let me... It's story time, it's story time, story time with Uncle Monster. Story time! It's story time, it's story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story, story time. <clears throat> okay, so so this is a story of what happened to me uh, when I received a grant a few months ago to study at a small college in the north of England. And as you know, I am by profession a naturalist, specializing in land mollusks of the class Gastropoda, and I was mm. eager to examine the fauna of another continent. I brought my net and my specimen jars. When I arrived at my destination, though, uh, an enormous 13th century building with high walls wherein we slept, ate, and studied, I found that my colleagues had assumed I would only be interested in the college's special collection, a gatherum of fossils, taxidermied snails, really a lot of opalescent shells, and a few poor creatures confined to damp terraria. But of course, these things I could see anywhere. I wanted to go out and turn over the logs in the dense and ancient forests surrounding the college grounds. I wanted to make new discoveries. In the Eastern Hemisphere, do snail shells corkscrew the other way? Apparently not, based on the gathering, but I wanted to make sure. <laughs> you really shouldn't go in the woods, they tried to tell me, but their thick Northumberland accents made them unpersuasive and hard to understand. Most of my field work had been done in regions no more wild than New York Central Park or perhaps the Bronx Botanical Gardens, so I acknowledged there was a very real danger I might lose my way in the woods. The innovations of technology helped me here, and I, I never set out without a compass and a freshly charged GPS. 
I brought my net and by necessity a machete. The machete was actually some medieval Saracen saber I found in the college among a large assortment of other weapons, ancient and modern, behind one of its thick oaken doors with iron bolts. Whenever I returned from a snailing expedition, I had to rap on one of these locked portals, and only slowly and reluctantly would a professor let me in. The woods were ideal for mollusk hunting, being as dark beneath the tree canopy as a starless evening, and damp. Either the damp or the fresh air played the devil with my constitution, for it had been many years since I'd tasted air untainted by Manhattan traffic, and I found myself perpetually seasick. My colleagues viewed me with particular distaste when I was most nauseous. Perhaps they were afraid I would vomit on them, although I rarely did. It was on one of my deeper and more daring excursions, and just when I was turning over a rock, when I saw the thing in the trees. Just for a moment, dimly glimpsed in the artificial gloam, and then it was whooping through the trees' upper branches and out of sight. I'm hardly a primatologist, but they do not let you get even an undergraduate naturalism degree unless you know that monkeys and apes, except of course for men, live nowhere in Europe outside of Gibraltar. And despite the various treaties and obligations you can find in an almanac, Gibraltar is nowhere near England. (laughs) Furthermore, from what I had seen, this appeared to me no mere escaped pet capuchin, but a, a large and shaggy beast, no smaller than an orangutan. I tried to ask my colleagues about the creature, but the fear in their eyes made their thick northern tongues harder to decipher than ever. I stopped speaking to them almost altogether after that, outside of the daily, let me in, let me in, hammering on the doors without which I would never have been permitted back to my uncomfortable bed and my unpalatable local food. I felt ill all the time now. When I looked in the cracked and inadequate mirror they had provided in my room in the dormitories, I found my complexion almost comically green. The fourth day after that initial sighting, I spotted the creature again. In fact, it swung down from the trees to land right before me. Its eyes were wild with malignancy and hate, and in its hands it held a crude club fashioned from a stripped tree branch. It was the size of a man. It was, in fact, perhaps a man, quite naked, but draped modestly all over with shaggy body hair as thick and flowing as an Afghan hound's. Entwined with its hair were the leaves of trees. I was so terrified, I thought I was going to throw up, and then the creature's expression changed. It, or or he, appeared confused. He turned from me and scampered squirrel-like up a nearby tree, leaving me with my heart hammering. Only then did I realize what I had barely been able to perceive in the dim lighting of that forest, that unlike any ape, or in fact any mammal I could think of, it possessed fur of a dull green color. Needless to say, science required me to return, despite the danger to that place in the woods. In fact, I made many trips. Soon I was spending all my days there in the company of the shaggy man, and later his male and female compatriots. All quite naked, I must say, although my interest was strictly scientific. Large green arboreal apes in the north of England, I knew my fame and fortune were assured. I soon found that I could understand these creatures more easily than I understood my fellow academics behind their cold college walls. One night I did not return to my sad little room. I spent all night in the trees, whooping and swinging and learning strange and beautiful things. I knocked on the college doors in the morning, and I could tell the people were surprised I was not dead. I acted as though a night in the wilds was no big deal to me. Am I not a New Yorker and therefore tough? I went back to my rooms to get a few things to prepare. That night, I spent wandering around the college building, looking for obscure and forgotten doors to the outside. Those I found, I left unbolted. Some of the college's weapons I hid, others I spoiled with corks and glue. 
Tomorrow I will leave this place to begin a new life with my green and hairy friends. I'll be back, though. We'll all be back. Until I return, all I leave behind are some half-completed scientific notes and this recording. 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 Very good. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Very good. <laughs> that is a long laugh. Yeah, that is going to be too long to be used casually for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Better pick something really funny <laughs> next time. Great use story. That. Great Ooh, story. Love that story. And, I don't, okay. don't want to dis- disillusion you, but it is, unfortunately, that it is fiction. That never happened to me. This... Okay, well, I'm glad to hear that you have not turned into some sort of uh, plant-like ape man? Ape-like plant man? Right. That- Right. That, well, no, I'm excited to learn more about Wood Roses. Okay. I thought I thought this was going to end up. I thought the story was going to keep going, and I thought the reason he was messing up the weapons and hiding them was he was going to let them all in. There was going to be like a Nat Turner kind of thing, and they were going to slaughter all the college people, and they would take over the school. The, so uh, that's all just that, implied. Yeah, that was just implied. No, but I thought it was going to happen. Like I thought oh. he was going to go into it. I was like, oh, all right, go <laughs> ahead, go ahead, <laughs> Al. He's another 12 pages of murdering professors. Yeah, yeah. no, usually, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you're a real writer. We actually, when we do that, we don't just hint. We're like, and then he tore his head off. Yeah, well, that's... That's uh, also a type of writing. Yeah, no, I like yeah, that. Yeah. I like that, too. But no, the that problem was is very time, good, Hal. Every time I put that in a children's book, the editors take it out. So I've, I've learned... Yeah. I've learned not to. Yeah, it's just, just too dispiriting to have your disembowelments removed. Yeah. Yeah, you can only take that so many times. So, so that's our big picture. Yeah, that's uh, so. Can I tell you? So, woodwose—it's just a medieval. It's a it's a Middle English term, uh, Hmm. and by the fifteenth century, yeah, you You did. did. It did. That's it's one of the the tie-ins. But the term got kind of abandoned uh, after, like the by the fifteenth century. They these guys were just called wild men, and Hmm. woodwose is is the Middle English term. they exist throughout Europe, and in most places in Europe, they're just called whatever the local language for wild men is. You know, they're Tarzan, Les Hommes Sauvages. Uh, oh, okay, uh, I like that. Right, right. I don't speak French, so I said that wrong. But um, no, you crushed. I like it the way you said it. Well, it's medieval French, so it's probably said things differently, right? Yeah. Uh, and so every every local every local country in Europe, not necessarily every, but a lot of local countries had their own versions of the wild man. And the wild man was uh, essentially just a hairy, fur-covered man uh, who lived in the woods. Uh, there, there would be women, too, who were also covered with fur, except for their <clears throat> faces and their breasts. Uh, you know, where else we saw that was in our episode on the Barmano that's of, right. of northern Pakistan. Well, that's probably who, uh, related. Would be their local wild men, I imagine. Right. That's uh, absolutely, yeah, it sounds like the same trope. Uh, so these guys are often depicted in medieval and uh, early modern art. Mm. Uh, they're, they're often shown they're, they're, uh They hold up heraldry. They hold up like the shields, the way that lions and unicorns also do. Oh, okay. Um, there's, uh, they often appear in churches, kind of like gargoyles. They'd be put up. Um, and they're often associated with another church motif, which is the green man. 
which oh, is yeah, why yeah, yeah, it's yeah. why I made them green. They're, they probably oh, okay. they probably shouldn't be. Um, I don't know the green man. Someone explain the green man. And so in it also in church decoration, there'd be a picture of a man whose face was made out of plants or was vomiting forth plants <laughs> or had plants coming out of his mouth, nose, ears and tear ducts. So terror at church. Uh, well, I mean, gargoyles are also scary. If, right? if that was the most terrifying thing you saw at church in medieval Europe, consider yourself lucky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Aside from the torture and the images of hell. The hell imagery bothers me. Right, right. There's, uh, there's a lot of hell plenty, stuff. plenty of crazy, crazy things to see. Um, but you could buy, couldn't you buy sins back then? Or no, you could have your sins eaten, but you could buy, um, say it. Absolution? Uh, no. It, well, it was absolution in a sense, but you could buy... Oh, um, the partner would sell... Uh, yeah. Uh, indulgences. 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 Yeah, indulgences. That's right. Right. We got there, folks. We got there. Yeah, back to I would, Chaucer, I would just right? accrue so many indulgences. That would be my goal if I lived back then. I would just be... I would I would be dealing... That's where that. your paycheck would be going every week. I gotta oh go down God. to the indulgence man again. Yep. Yep. Whew! These sins are getting... Pr- I gotta see if I can get these in bulk. I'd be an indulgence day trader. You could go on a crusade, and that was like mm. every indulgence <laughs> at once. That, yeah, that wiped great. out all your sins. Yeah. yeah. Go on a little adventure. Right. <laughs> Murder and rape for God. <laughs> Before we get too much deeper, just to keep us all on track here. Right, right. Ethan, do you have any facts for us this week? Oh, I do. We have... Layla presents Dungeons and Dragons facts. Yes. Layla presents Dungeons and Dragons facts. Number one, there's a Dungeons and Dragons holiday. Just about everything has its own Mm. national day, and November 5th of every year is National Dungeons and Dragons Day. No one ever really celebrates or even knows about it, but some D&D retailers will have little sales to celebrate, and artists will create tributes for it. You know, March 4th is Dungeon Master's Day. What? What is? March mm. 4th. Isn't Dungeon that, Master's Day. Isn't that the Star Wars Day? No, well, May, that's 4th. May 4th. No, that's May, May 4th. May the 4th be... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but you March 4th... But there's a Dungeon Day. Master's Day. Do you send him flowers on Dungeon Master's Day, Ships? No. You should. That's shitty of you. No, I just let him kill one of my <laughs> Number two. There are gods of Dungeons and Dragons. Originally, there were no gods meant to be added to the game, but players started questioning where their divine magic came from. Uh, Therefore, they came up with St. Cuthbert, a god of law, common sense, and zeal, and his foil, Rao. (laughs) I don't know how to say that. The god of peace and reason. These two were constantly at odds and were considered rivals. Other gods started to appear, and it caused some controversy, especially when the creators added in gods from Lovecraftian lore without obtaining proper permissions. But it's kind of jive because it should be public domain. Like Lovecraft, I agree. Supposed, he has a litigious uh, estate. It's a estate. estate, yeah. Number three, everyone playing D anD D used to play a human. Boring. There weren't a ton of races in the olden days of the game. Everyone was he- just like in America. Yeah, exactly. It was all it was all white. The good make America great again. Um, everyone was human until other races were eventually added in as creatures, monsters, and even classes. The iconic elf, dwarf, gnomes, halflings, uh, tiefling, and half-orcs were not things until, uh, uh, oh, were not things someone could play until later installments. 
It was even later that the game built in capabilities to turn anything into a player character, regardless of what it was supposed to be. Nowadays, any monster can be turned into a player character with enough finagling and an agreeable dungeon master. That's why we play second edition, because there's more rules. Yeah, where you still have some yeah. damn yeah. rules. You can't just, oh, I'm whatever I want. I'm a, I'm a half ninja, and I ride a motorcycle. And I'm a <laughs> wait, wait, you can't do that? <laughs> not without a very accommodating I'm dungeon a master. Which Al I'm a tiefling. Not. Yeah, you should have started handing out the Dungeon Master Day presents before you uh, asked for that one. Yeah, it's true. I'm in no place to criticize. Shibble. Well, let's Shibble. get back to these. Oh, I'm a tiefling. Yeah. You are. You're a wonderful Yeah, I'm tiefling. a tiefling. <laughs> Matt, you're a half yeah. demon. Oh. <laughs> You've done it. So, Hal, uh, you uh, you were telling us about the these wild men, these wood oh, yes. We no, no, I, it's a... I'm going to do it again very soon. So I'm apologizing <laughs> in advance. It's quite all right. I, I don't uh, I don't even know how much how much nonsense you want to hear about these guys. As much as Woo! you got, Let's we'll keep going and you can, we, we've still got you can edit it down, right? Uh... Oh, yeah. Believe me, I put a lot. of <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's where most of his effort goes. <laughs> Let's see. So I guess what one thing. What's interesting about about these guys, it's uh, they're kind of a, a confluence of um, of three disparate uh, ideas. And uh, they, mm -hmm. before before wild men in the early what, I'm not saying things right in the early Middle Ages, uh, people would have told stories about satyrs, uh, you know, guys with yeah. goat legs um, and that the things that people said about satyrs in the early Middle Ages, by the late Middle Ages, they were telling about wild men. Satyrs became less of a okay. less of a uh, topic of folklore, and wild men kind of took over their role. Um, and satyrs were often depicted uh, as being covered with hair all over, so the wild men kept that, and they just mm. lost the hooves and the uh, the pointy ears and horns. Um, That's interesting. And some people think that what would what kind of inspired this this shift was uh, increased encounters with monkeys and apes. Oh. And as the Middle okay. Ages went on, due to things like the Crusades, and then like after that, you know, the Age of Exploration, uh, people in Europe who had not seen a lot of monkeys and apes started to uh, encounter them more and more. And uh, even I, I have a good, uh, I had a quote from um, Samuel Pepys, the diarist. Uh, yeah, oh, we're familiar with. I know. Whenever we see him, you know what we say. <laughs> You don't need our our audience all knows that Samuel Pepys is the yeah he is the but so in the 17th century someone showed him a baboon, uh but someone brought a baboon to oh shit that must have blown yeah, that, that fucked me up the first time I saw it well he uh so he writes in his diary that people assure him that the baboon is a different species but he doesn't believe it he says I think this is it's just a cross between a human and some other animal like it's just no a way... pro uh, it's a mm. prolapsed gorilla there's there's no well gorillas I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Even as late as the 19th century, people were not sure gorillas were, were real and not folklore. I'm still uh, not sure. It's uh, I, I I saw them at the Bronx Zoo. They're yeah, all they're too there. real. They're there, man. Chimps uh, chimps are real. I know that because they rip people's faces off and stamp. Right, them. right. It's uh, well, Hal knows that he's right. No, I'm I'm just I'm just mentioning for the audience. It was I'm not catering to Hal alone here. <laughs> 
Do you want to know something about? Only do you also need to know that there was a chimp in Stanford <laughs> that ripped off a woman's face, and, and Oprah showed her face, and everyone gasped. Uh, oh. Hal, can I tell you something about satyrs? Please do. Um, the last time I went to my family's seder, um, oh no, no, uh, what? Okay, different. Uh, my I'm cousin. Sorry. Oh, no, sorry. That yeah. was not the story. My cousin oh. Bernard uh, backed the car up. And I had a hundred and one year old kind of aunt. She wasn't my aunt, but she, you know, she was like a cousin. But we called her Aunt Lillian. And um, he hit her with mm. the car and knocked her Gee. over. Hundred and one, and she goes, "Oh!" And everyone runs to her. And he was so defensive. He gets out of the car. He goes, "Oh, oh, no one worry. It the car scared her. The car scared Lillian." That's when he starts yelling. And I go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." When it hit her, that's when it scared her. <laughs> yeah. He goes. It scared her. It literally. We watched it plow into her. It was so. So that was my Seder story. Well, this is the kind of chaotic mischief is she that okay? a Seder plays. Uh, no, she's dead it. now, right. but not due to that. Oh. Okay. As far as you know. No, I know she's dead. She's very dead. No, I mean, as far as you know, it's unrelated. Oh no, it could. Yeah, that could have contributed. You're right. I shouldn't say that. Bernard Bernard killed yeah, who her. Who can say? Wow. Probably. We need to get him on trial yeah. for murder. Yeah, Cousin Bernard. Well, I think it's just about time for everyone's newest favorite song. Oh, shit. Come and date Ethan. I'm single, Hal, by the way. I had no idea all your musical cues were done live. I, I, I thought it was like a post-production thing. but that That's how we started. Uh, but this season, one of the many new exciting things that we're doing this season, including releasing an episode every week, mm. is uh, we also got a soundboard, and it lets me do this whenever I want. <laughs> I, I live in fear. And I live in fear of that one. Yeah, yeah. You better Oof. not... Take any L's for the rest oh, of the man. show because boy, oh boy, <laughs> the audience is going to know. I'm not going to let it slide. Uh, but, Ethan, speaking of W's, you're newly single, back on the scene. Do you have any updates for the listeners? Any updates for us? Anything going on? Um, uh, the other day, I uh, felt lonely, so I started uh, texting girls I hadn't talked to in five years. <laughs> 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 
You don't do that to honesty. I mean, come on. You don't punish honesty. Who punishes honesty? I'm not. We're laughing with. Yeah, that's, that's what that sound. That's what that sounds for. When you lose a car on The Price Is Right, they're laughing with you. I'm sure. Well, um, Hal, you're one of the most well-read men I know. I try. I try this. What book would you recommend to a single man in his mid forties, Lolita, trying to Stella get his group back? Oh man, I'm I'm the worst person to ask about that. That's that's fair. I've I don't know if I've ever seen you get your groove. Yeah, back. No, East of I have, Eden. I got no groove. Uh, yeah, d- does that work? Like, can you just pick the right book and then and then ladies are all over you? That's what everybody tells me about reading. Maybe Ooh. Daddy Cool by Iceberg Slim. Is that a book? No, I think yeah. that's for the single man in his uh, teens, maybe. What uh, are you talking about? That's for the convict who needs something to read again and again. Yeah, that's not for you. That's not where your head should be at. I, no, it, it's about it's the, about a guy who's good with knives. It's just a pulp novel. It's not bad. Not about the great work of Casanova. <laughs> yeah i'm on it <laughs> perfect i, I don't know i i'm uh i need to, i need to i think i'm gonna try you know how I was i was on one dating site that was for one religion because my mom suggested it i don't think that's yeah. working out I, I sent you a message the other day because that girl was like trying to be slick and was like you seem to be so proud of your religion because my name is about the religion and it's it's funny and she's like, didn't like yeah. it and was trying to be slick. And I was like, oh, yeah, what do you think about the whole Israel-Palestine thing? And she like got mad. Um, like, that's ha- that's like the interactions I'm having. So I, I think I- I'm going to try um, Hinge. Because didn't you mention yeah. that to me, Shibs? Uh, you mentioned it to me. Oh, yeah, someone yeah, said sounds- try Hinge. It's. I think I've heard good things about Hinge. Hal, do you know Hinge? I have no idea. I I have an irritating anecdote about the diaries of Casanova, but Let's maybe hear that's it. that's off topic. It might be too off. I, topic. I don't care. Go fucking tell it. The moment has not passed. Yeah. So uh, we're still in this segment. What when, when I was in college, there's a I was reading Casanova's diaries, and it's it was his memoirs. It's his memoirs. Between the addition, fucking, the edition that I read uh, put the dirty parts in Latin. Uh, <laughs> it's a how frustrating. It was an old edition. It was a little frustrating. Especially because, and I had taken Latin, so I was able to translate most of it, but then there'd be, there'd be parts that just didn't make any sense because all the dirty words were not in my Latin dictionary. Right. And mm, I yeah. once, I, I was, I yeah, was. You can only get so much from context clues. Right. And yeah. sometimes you get it with context clues, but sometimes you couldn't. And I was, I was in, I was visiting my, my parents uh, and I had the book in my pocket and I was walking through a grocery store and I saw my Latin teacher. And I was like, oh, oh, I need your help. Not really thinking this through. Oh, my God. And I, it's like, it seemed perfect. And I brought out the book and I was like, can you help me? What, what does this mean? And then she looks at it and she just turns bright red. And I was like, oh, never mind. And uh, <laughs> what a psycho. That's so funny. Sorry, yeah. I, <laughs> I did not mean to embarrass you. I'm sorry, Mrs. Spencer. Something about making the beast. Yeah, really. Oh, well. So that's my Casanova story. Well. 
That's a great cast. I wonder how gross I... it was, though. I wonder what I wonder what it said. Like I would have found out afterwards. I would have. I wanted... can't figure out what Casanova was licking. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, just tell me. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. It doth rhyme with hunt, and I just can't figure it out. So, back to the wood woes. Mm. Do you have more info for us? Yeah, now? certainly, certainly. Or should we? Oh, beautiful, no, this... beautiful. So, uh, so uh, you know, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Yeah, uh, so yeah. in there he uh it mentions as he's traveling he it says some while with worms he wars and with wolves also some while with woodwos that wound in the canaras meaning that dwell in the crags so mm-hmm. sir gawain is one of the many people who fought woodwoses um okay that's crazy but, uh there's um there was a kind of a tradition of dressing up as woodwoses and being captured if you look you know uh the the Flemish painter Bruegel, like a wicker man type situation, uh, possibly. But there's there's a Bruegel painting. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry, I haven't wah, seen wah, it. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I'm just. It could be. Uh, I just wanted to give you a sound effect. I'm just. Yeah, joking. you're just mad because <laughs> you don't have you the, don't sound have the sound board. I'm just mad because I'm single. Did <laughs> 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 No, you got me. I, it works every time. I got you again. It works. <laughs> <laughs> got him. <laughs> Got him. Uh, so, so, but the the good story about this is uh, Charles the Sixth of France, and this is in the 14th century. Uh, but Charles mm-hmm. Charles the Sixth uh, had recently gone insane, and okay, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds like a European king, right? Yeah. And I mean, I guess there are lots of ways to go insane, but what he uh, he just one day, like during a parade or something, drew his sword and killed a bunch of people, and then <laughs> fell in, <laughs> and he fell. In, he fell into a coma immediately <laughs> afterwards, which and that's pretty good. That's pretty good insanity. Like it's kind of unambiguous. But <laughs> yeah, while he was recuperating to make him feel better, his wife decided to throw a big party, and to uh, it was to to dress him and a bunch of his courtiers as wild men, and they <laughs> they smeared them with pitch and then stuck flax all over them, including their faces, Oof. so nobody could see who they were. And so it was kind of a surprise, like, who are these wild men who come dancing through the party? And their costumes were very flammable. So there was a rule. You weren't allowed to have any, there was no flames, no, no torches, nothing allowed. Uh, That's good that they had medieval OSHA there. But... Right. But then <laughs> King Charles' brother came to the party late. And if uh, you tell the king's can. brother he can't bring a torch, like, he doesn't care, right? So he just went right in with yeah. the torch. He saw these guys capering and... uh in some accounts they were chained together as they're dancing around like like wild men and he went up to see who they were and he stuck his torch like right in their face and the costumes just went up like a candle and one by one they're like just springing off uh flames and one uh one woman took the king and smothered his uh flames with her dress and another guy jumped into a big ton of 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 wine it's france right but everyone else yeah. uh, burned to death. Uh, and it, was just, <laughs> it was just horrible. This, and everyone, everyone is covered in, in burns, even the ones who are alive. Uh, <laughs> and so then people were like, "Does the king's brother trying to assassinate him to become the new king?" Like it, there was a scandal. But this was, um, mm. I mean, so I guess that the only part of that had to do with wild men. But I thought it was funny because anytime a king catches fire, no, it was funny. Yeah, yeah. you are yeah. right. You know what? I Ooh. I gotta do it to him. <laughs> <laughs> did not pan out did not pan is tarzan out. a, well, a wood woes so i 
I was reading a book about woodwosses and the guy's like, uh, hey, you know, these stories of these guys go from the most ancient times to modern times. And he lists as the two ends of the spectrum, Tarzan and Enkidu, which Chris, a guy mm. Chris will be very, very. I played of. Enkidu in a musical. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I think Tar so Tarzan is, has a problem, which is that he's not covered in hair. Uh, right. He's in mm. fact, he's clean shaven usually, which is strange. Uh, but he but, always has yeah, long, he, he always has long person. hair though. He often has long hair, not in the gold key comics. I don't know. He has a pretty short thing, uh -huh. but oh uh, yeah. Yes. He often has long hair, um, but his body is not covered in hair. So, and he's also famously a, uh, a normal guy that was like left in the jungle, right? He's the Lord of Greystoke. Right. Lord Greystoke. But is Mowgli is Mowgli a, a wild man? So Mowgli is the same boat as as uh, Tarzan, and so is like Bamba the Jungle Boy and Tam, son of Tiger. There's a whole a whole litany of people who are left. But I feel like Mowgli's beast. feral, where Tarzan remembers civilization more. Yeah, but Mowgli returns to civilization. At, I mean, spoiler at the end of the second Jungle Book. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it. I really haven't seen it. <laughs> I, I meant the I meant, uh, I I meant the books. Read I'm sorry, but the books. I don't oh, oh, books. okay, good. I was never going to read that. Yeah, <laughs> but no. I think in the uh, I think in the Disney film he returns to civilization too, a wooed by a not by a woman, but like you know by a twelve year old girl or whoever, however old he is, um, mm. some groomer. But that's always the way. But there is a like in in the Middle Ages. There's a long tradition of uh, knights being raised by. Um, by animals. For example, uh, <laughs> Orson. Uh, there's a Orson was the nephew of uh, King Pepin of France, and he mm -hmm. um, he and his brother Valentine were like abandoned in the woods, and a bear took Orson off, and uh, humans raised Valentine. They found him, and so Orson was raised mm. by bears. And became a a de facto wild man and went around, uh, you know, eating people and stuff. And <laughs> okay. Valentine, when he became a knight, his first mission was to go out and like stop Orson from mauling people. And but mm. they, while they were fighting, there was like a kind of sign of recognition because they look they're twins, right? Brother. And, uh, yeah. So <laughs> Valentine brings Orson back to civilization. He becomes a a knight slash wild man. Um. Awesome. And then that's that's the dude that you want to play in the medieval knight uh, version of Street Fighter. Well, II. his life goes full circle because after he was a knight for a while, he returns to the wild to become a hermit, mm. and, and then uh, he becomes a knight again. No, the guy I, just I can't guess it, decide. It's just, <laughs> it circles around. <laughs> Wait, but I have a, a question. Of, grass is always greener. Am I right? The guys from the hills have eyes. Are they woodwoses? I'm sorry, I didn't see it. I don't know. The the original West again, one. I'm sorry, I didn't see it. I'm sorry. Really? My no. gosh, you're gonna enjoy it. It's it's it's, it's out there, man. It's it's wild. Um, I'm gonna say that you're a, a wild man is gonna need at least several generations of being feral. Yeah, but they they have been uh, and, in those hills for several generations. But I think also they they might be a little bit more civilized, and I don't think they have a distinctive covered in shit. Yeah, are they covered in fur? Oh, it has to be covered in fur. Yeah, okay, fur. but I'll I'll throw I'll throw a little monkey wrench here. Uh, in in the Middle Ages, there are several a lot a lot of in the Middle Ages a lot of saints' lives. Right, people would go out uh, into the the desert or the wilds to uh, be to be hermits. And I've only I found mm -hmm. two, but there are at least two saints who during their time in the wild grew hair all over their bodies, 
Saint Onofrius and Saint uh, John Chrysostom. And in both cases, there's like when people like came across them, like being holy out in the middle of nowhere, they were first terrified, right? Oh no, there's a, it's a wild man. And then of course the saints like, no, no, don't be scared. Cause I'm a saint. I'm a saint. Uh, I think it, that reminds me a lot of uh, a couple episodes ago where we did uh, the bishop fish. Oh yes. That's oh yeah. He did. Do you know what a bishop fish is out? Yes. Yes. Of course. Because uh, just as there are, there's a church above the water, there must be one below. Of course. And that's yeah. why we have the bishop fish. He's a, he's a wonderful little bishop. Yeah, yeah, we chose to imagine him being one of the good ones. <laughs> well, but if no, we if didn't. This... <laughs> I did. You yeah, did. I did. I certainly did not. <laughs> wait, oh, wait, wait. One more. One more. I have one more. Uh, I just want to say Blair, he can only swim. Bla- oh, go ahead. So he only swim diagonally. Is that's my that's my attempt. Maybe you did that. Uh, you might have done that. Uh, yes, I didn't do that one. All right. Yes. That's all I got. Is the Blair Witch a Woodwoes? I I doubt it. Do we even see her though? Yeah, she's covered in hair, lives oh. in the wild. Maybe she is. I don't uh, I don't think they canonically have magic. I think the Blair Witch is more of a witch. Well, oh, we, and a witch can't be a Woodwows? Yeah, why can't why can't Woodwows choose to be a witch? Or yeah. an accountant or anything. Can Woodwoses take adventuring classes? Uh, not in the first not in first edition, but like a rope score. Damn right they can. In fifth edition. <laughs> But, but you can see how <laughs> you mean at summer camp. I like second edition because it still has rules. That's right. Damn right you do. <laughs> but Woodwoes I'm a tiefling. Kinda, <laughs> they're uh, it's more, more of a third, third edition, edition thing. thing but I'll, uh, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but Woodwoes is kind of shade. They they shade into uh, other things like like for example of mm. witches who live in the woods, uh, but also. In a lot of stories with a wild man, they'll they'll talk about oh they're also P.S. they're really big and you're like is this a wild man or is it an ogre? Because if I told you that ah. someone lived in the woods and was like really savage and had a big club and was hairy and was large, that just sounds like an ogre, right? Um, yeah. So Baba Yaga was uh, an ogre and hairy as well. Baba Yaga she lit and is a witch, right? Yep. Right. Also uh, a witch. Yeah, one of the three. Could also technically be a woodwork. Right. Right. Complicated stuff. It is. Ethan, do you have any more? Layla presents Dungeons and Dragons Fair. Number four. There are a bunch of celebrity D&D nerds. Did you guys know that? I know Vin Diesel. <gasps> yeah. A number of big names in film have expressed their love for D&D, including actors Joe Manganiello, Vin Diesel, and John Favreau. Favreau, in particular, has credited the game with giving him a really strong background in imagination, storytelling, and understanding how to create a tone and sense of balance in a narrative. Isn't it kind of sad that, I mean, because I know we get excited about this, but can you imagine, like, like if you liked books and you're like, hey, did you know there are celebrities who also read books? Like, it doesn't, it just feels sad that I, I yeah, that so we desperate. need to legitimize it by being like, John Favreau? Whoa. Now Dungeons and Dragons is cool. Vin Diesel. Was anyone on that list under the age of 48? I think it made it less cool that Vin Diesel plays it. Like, I I, I thought I was, like, offending you guys. It was cool back when uh, Triple X was out. And he was like, yeah, I play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm a chief. It's like, okay, that's cool. But now it's like, (laughs) dude, I'm an orc. Number five. Playing D&D in prison is a security threat. Mm. What? 
Playing the game in prison constitutes a security threat since it takes at least four players to play the game. That many prisoners together technically constitutes a gang, according to prison security. There have also been instances of D&D sessions between inmates turning aggressive with players attacking each other after heated arguments. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that happen at our table. Have you guys, what? what's what's the most angry you've ever seen people at your table? Uh, it's Noah. It's, it's got to be Noah. He turns red. Yeah, it was Noah. It was yeah. definitely Noah when he got mad at Scott. Yeah. What, what like what was the situation? I, I'm very interested. Well, I don't want I don't want to air too much. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't want to. You know that's very personal. The Dungeons and Dragons stuff. I don't want to get too into it. You're right. You don't want to tell a story where maybe somebody doesn't end up looking like they're a good guy, and maybe you can't tell the story objectively. That's a good point. They're not through. here. They're not here either. Yeah. Number six. There's a naughty book in the D and D series. D and D has long had to fight an unsavory reputation for being linked to bizarre activities. I didn't know that yeah. was true. Uh, when oh, Wizards yeah. of the Coast bought the rights, uh, you know, when I, when I um, was doing work with that company, uh, Decipher, they called them Watsi. Yeah. Wizards mm. of the, uh, is that like a known thing? Uh, yeah, but maybe not to our audience. It's I, I'm going to be really surprised if at some point you say a Dungeons and Dragons fact that we don't know, but I'm hoping that our audience doesn't. Oh, uh, no, I don't think they'll. Oh, you know this one? I, I, I'll go on. You yeah, I was about to say already. You interrupted yourself halfway through the fact to tell a story about the pronunciation of the Wizards of the Coast. I thought it was interesting. It's called Watsi, like Nazis. That's, uh, yeah, they call it that. Watsi decided to embrace the controversy and use it as part of the marketing strategy. They released an instruction manual book called Book of Vile Darkness. In it, <laughs> players found details about the dirtier parts of the game that earlier books had dared not touch. Topics included various grown-up Easter eggs and character classes. I mean, first edition DMG has a a prostitute random encounter table in the back. Oh, that's hot! Brazen strumpet or a haughty haughty courtesan. Yeah. Mm. What type of yeah prostitute are you yeah. encountering tonight? <laughs> but Hal introduced me in, in our game, and it's a rule that I've carried over to my other games: a no sex in D and D rule. I like that. Yeah. It's weird just, that you're with a bunch of your weird. friends and you're yeah. like, and you're like, oh, I want to touch the prostitute's breasts. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. like it. The wizard <laughs> reveals his wizened member. <laughs> <laughs> he is rolls dice aroused. Like, this is a terrible evening for everyone. Let's just not do that. If you ever do decide to do that, I will come watch. That would be hilarious to me. That you was, can't uh, watch. You got to play. Oh, I, 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 well, I'm a tiefling. I don't know if you want any parts of this. <laughs> well, the only one way to find out. Yeah. Roll the die. <laughs> that was number six, by the way. So there's three oh, more. Oh, that was one. number six. Yep. Mm. All right, do we have any more Wood Boses facts, Al? Yes, I'm, I'm, so coming... full of, I'm so full of Woses facts. Uh, All right, hit me, hit me with a bit more before we get to our next segment. So, so female Wood Woses, right? Um, ladies. Ladies. Yes, uh, now we're talking. Sometimes called Moss Maidens or something like that in Northern Germany, but in German. But if I was in, 15, I would have made a Wood Hoses joke, but I, it was like, <laughs> it's not happening. No. In the, what we really need is more Wood Broses. Oh, I like that. Well, this, this, will, this will be filthy. But uh, in, <laughs> in, in Southern Germany, the Wood are called, uh, the females are called, I, mean, I can't pronounce things, Fenke. And, uh, okay. Their breasts are so long, they throw them over their shoulders. 
And mm. they also eat children. And in this area, the Woodwoses are noted <laughs> noted for stealing human babies and replacing them with their own uh, hairy babies, perhaps. Changeling, hairy changelings. Changeling. Yeah, although you think you'd, you'd know right away when your child is covered in fur. No, they only yeah. pick hairy people babies. Maybe that's the case. That, yeah, that's very what I big would in uh, southern Italy. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a medieval German poem, uh, Wolf Dietrich, which is very good. Uh, and Wolf Dietrich at one point meets a woman, uh, Raua Elsa. <laughs> She's covered in in fur. She walks on four four legs, uh, and she she tries keeps trying to get him to marry her. And he mm. says no, and she's kind of a witch as well as being a wild woman. And so she drives him insane, uh, causing <laughs> him to become himself kind of a wild man and live in the woods for uh, for a couple, couple of years. This this is also, this is another medieval motif, motif of knights uh, or even wizards. Merlin, go, Merlin goes insane and like runs into the woods and, and lives on, you know, roots and berries. Lancelot does it. Uh, Roland, Roland goes so crazy. He goes around mm. killing people on three continents because of his 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 heart is broken. Uh, he finally gets better, and then he's yeah. then he's a knight again, right? Like no harm, no foul. But Wolf Dietrich's is Wolf Dietrich. Even when he gets sane again, uh, he finally is like, okay, fine, I will marry you. And his uh, when when his wife is baptized before the wedding, all of her hair falls off, and then she is mm. now a not woodwose, but a a normal human. Who helps him in his future endeavors using? It'd be hair. funny if, like, the hair was hiding the fact that she was incredibly ugly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just she's covered in gnarls and unbaptizer, unbaptizer. Yeah, yeah, quickly. Town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's better like this, baby. Trust me. <laughs> Boy, and that brings us to a very valid question. Apparently, they can get married, which sounds crazy to me. But can they love? A werewolf ain't my dad, but it's not so bad. It might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it give me a kiss? Can it hold my hand? Would it say I love you? Does it understand? Does it know that I've never felt this way before? There's a full moon tonight. So romantic. And this might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it love? Well, can it? Well, Woodwoses are known for their sexual incontinence. Is this love? I don't know. They. Uh... Yeah, you're jumping ahead to the next segment. Wait, They're... sexual incontinence? Like they just squirt semen everywhere? No, I mean that they, uh, they're just profligate in their lasciviousness. They're whores. Yeah. They're horny. Yeah. They, they're, just, yeah. they're horny all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But can they love, do you think? But it's unclear. Yeah, can they love? Are they capable? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say they're capable of love. I think they have that level of humanity to them. There's a lot of things that we don't understand about these mysterious ape men that live in North Cumbria. Why are they leaving <laughs> their I, children? There's one thing that we do. In someone else's cradle. That seems that the opposite of love, right? Well, maybe because you wanted your children to have a better life. Oh, that maybe makes sense. Oh. That is the, yeah. That's good. Okay. 
What do you, What do you think, Ethan? You think they can live? I mean, if I had a weird, hairy, ugly baby, I would I would give it to a human family if I was like a monster, <laughs> because I think it would have I think it would have a better shot. You know, they would shave it down and raise it like their own. And I'm sure they. I mean, I wouldn't take their baby. I'd let them keep both. I mean, uh, I don't understand why I would want to raise. Two, you didn't notice that you had twins. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's why they take it. I mean, and I guess they throw out the human one. But I would, I would just be like, here you go. Now you got two. Um, I would bless people like that. Um, I, I am gonna go with yes, they can love, because um, whenever I see like a humanoid, and there's more than one. You got to think that they got to care about each other, you know? I you mean, you got a soft spot for humanoids. I, I do, because I, I mean, obviously I relate to them, you know? I mean, it's true. You have a lot of common. You're both humanoid. We're both humanoids, for one. We're also, yeah. you know, that's, that's it, really. But no, I, I, I think that um, these are creatures with a depth of emotion uh, that allows them to love. That's my opinion. Fair enough. What would your dream first date be? With a wood woes. Where are you taking them, Hal? Well, you don't want to take them to the woods because they are, uh, they're probably sick. Bo- bored of it. <laughs> I mean, maybe just, yeah. hey, look, it's it's a mall, right? They're, they're going to be so impressed. <laughs> yeah. Impressed by the mall. Uh, and there'll be no one I else mean, there. I'm always impressed by the mall. <laughs> That's right. <gonna> be empty. <laughs> yeah, so they can really just go around and get crazy with it. Yeah, yeah. the, mo- the mall's in Connecticut. skateboard in a mall now. The oh, are now Are they now filled with roving uh, teenage gangs? It's just not. Are they really? Mall. Yeah, it's uh, it's like an issue now. Like my the local mall in our town, uh, you 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 can't be a teenager and go in without your parents. Do you know wow. what they're doing to stop that in Connecticut? Yeah, they're they're making rules about teenagers going into malls. So no, they have these little um, robots. Oh, they, we don't have a robot in a mall. You you guys don't Yet. have those seriously? I don't have. Not, I I was at the mall the other day. They're no, Jim Minorsky designed robots, like these <laughs> security. No, well, I don't know. I maybe they're when still... you're when you're chopping. They no. I, maybe they they designed to stay right out of sight, like in your peripheral vision. So you're always yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know much about them. I don't know. I mean, I'm no expert. Ethan's just yanking your chain. He's talking about the classic Jim Minorsky movie. Chopping oh, robots! Mall. I'm yeah. get, you got to watch Chopping Mall and Hills Have Eyes. I'm telling you, how you're, okay. you're you got you. I want to hear what you think about it. The odds of my watching a movie that is not a cartoon for children is very very <laughs> small. I, I, okay. I have two. Well, I have two kids. I have two kids. Uh, I, I listen. I have one, but she's seventeen, so um, she yeah. she watches horror movies with me now. So. There you go. My daughter watches horror movies, but like I can't. Oh, she's seven, so uh, I try to only show her like the classic Universal monsters. And, oh yeah, uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Does she I like mean, Frankenstein and like? She does. She does, and she really that's likes super that. cool. Um, I I I took her to a screening of The Haunting, which is a little bit later. And yeah, no, that's cool though. And that was actually scary as heck. Like it was very good because she was scared. It scared the pants off her, but it's still not like I don't want to answer have to answer questions about disembowelment, right? But right, right, right. yeah. But it's all it's all psychological. Yeah, it's scary, horror. but it's not gory. Right, right. So that was a good one. Um, the Blob is another big success. The Blob is a, oh yeah yeah that's a cool one. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah, now you got to go for the 1980s Blob. Uh, so that's Ugh. later. I don't know. I, haven't I seen don't it. like that one. That know. one's good. It You're looks crazy. like bubblegum. Does it have the theme song though? No, it doesn't, that's, a, that's a great song. It is. You know what has a good theme song? Deep Throat. 
So we haven't seen that one either, right? That's another. Is this? Do you bring up yeah. Deep Throat in every episode, or is it? Have I brought it up recently? You've brought it up recently, yeah. Right. Oh, it, up in, uh, it goes like this. It goes deep throat, deeper than deeper throat. That's It's really catchy. Like, I remember it. That's fair. For my dream date. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, dream date. I'd probably, I was thinking along the lines of how I'm just going to say laser tag. Oh, good. I think she'd be very athletic. You yeah. Know, she could really move around the course. And I think it would be just a, just fun. I think it would be a fun evening. That's a great date idea in general. Yeah, for sure. People love laser tag. What about you, Ethan? Where are you taking the wood bows? Didn't I already answer this? No, no you passed it off to Hal. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> I felt like I did. Um, where would I take a hairy, gross wo- woman? Well, where did I take... Oh, that was going to be awful. Uh, that would have had to be edited. Yeah, that would have been a button yeah. push. Uh um, I would take it. I would take her where I take any other woman. I'd be proud to be with my wood woes, and um, you know, it's up to me to impress her. It's a first date, so I guess I'd bring the wood woes to. Where, where would I bring her if I want to impress her? Oh, I know, um, somewhere with ski ball because I'm really good at ski ball. I can there get it go. in the hundred and fifty, like really, you know, at a good clip. So you I got would that just, muscle memory. Yeah, I do. It's just, once I get it going, it's again and again and again. If I can get on a roll, I bet you I can get her to kiss me. I bet you can. And if that kiss goes anywhere, you're going to be asking yourself, can she fuck? (laughs) That sounds crazy, but can you fuck? So, uh, yeah, Hal sort of tipped the cap on this one. Sounds like they are profidious fuckers. Yeah, the empirical (laughs) evidence is yes. How do they fuck, Hal? I, I, do you think on the ground or in the tree? What position? I, so the, I, I don't. I don't have any evidence for this. So I, I think no. You don't need what, evidence. No, we need. We need more scientific research. <laughs> it's true. We need to Google uh, Woodwo's fucking and see what comes up on YouTube. It worked when we were doing jaguars on our last guest episode. <laughs> yeah. Move over, snail research. It's time to observe <laughs> wild men fucking. I, I, by the way, if you Google wild men fucking, I'm guaranteeing you, you'll find something funny. Yeah. You're probably right. Well, I guess that just means one thing it's fight night. Ding, ding, ding. Fight. We have fight night with the yes. Woodwoses. And of course, our very first matchup, our prelim, if you will, in this corner, we have the medieval Woodwoes. In the other corner, we have seven foot one, 340 pound prime Shaquille O'Neal. All right. So you're saying Woodwoses are probably roughly man height. Uh, well, so I, I said that when they're described as being larger, they get kind of co- they shade into ogres. What are they then? Okay, so if we want to keep them their own distinct thing, we'll say maybe they're six foot ten. So they're small. Two hundred and eighty. They're small. But do do they move by brachiation? Do they oh. swing from tree limb to tree limb? I have <laughs> to imagine they do. Yes. Well, that's going to give them really solid cardio, really solid upper body strength. 
yeah, incredible can't. grip strength that will yeah. be really valuable in a ground game. So I'm going to say, and I know Ethan's going to fight me on this one, I'm going to say you're going to need two shacks. No. 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 <laughs> you think one shack's got him? One shack is going to break him. It's going to break his back like Bane in the comic books. I'm telling you. I just have a feeling about these guys. They don't strike me as aggressive enough to deal with the power of a shack of a prime. I, th- I think I think they're pretty they're pretty crazy, and they always carry a club. And so I don't know mm. what kind of have you seen. Maybe carrying? you're not familiar with Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I if saw I gave you a club, do you think you could take him? No, but I'm not a wild man. If you were, if I was a wild man, yes, yes. Wow, just being I, a wild man carries a lot of cachet. Well, because they're they're like unto. Uh, apes they've got chimp? chimp strength right yeah. and i don't know why it gives strength. you chimp strength they're they're half because they're they, that's what half... they it's not that they're just people who lived in the woods for two years they're i know generations of but but he didn't say chimp strength i never said it but i thought it was implied uh, okay i think Shaq could take travis the chimp do, do you think he could take travis the chimp with a club and also travis with Chimps are small. Like now, you're fighting. Yeah. You're right. fighting something the size of a toddler, but it has chimp strength. <laughs> what if I think you was... could also take a toddler, which would be funny. Right, right. But what if you sized up? I mean, could he couldn't fight a gorilla? I, I, I wouldn't. You know what? He could. He would lose, but oh, I sure. don't think he would lose immediately. No, oh. I think he'd lose pretty fucking quick. I think he would lose in in thirty eight seconds. But also, am I mistaken, or do do the skills required to play basketball not transfer into fighting? No, like, they're I, excellent I for fighting. It's a lot of fast twitch muscle, a lot of quick movements. Um, I but mean, your instincts take over, and you're always trying to put your opponent into a basket, which I mean might be humiliating. For which them, could be it's not, useful. It's I mean, it's not fatal to them. It's it's put your the I'm gonna go on a limb and say you are not in basketball trying to put your opponent in the basket. You just go through the No, but if you you're yeah, you're what your are you trying to keep the ball away from like if you're fighting your opponent, you just keep the ball away from him. He's meanwhile hitting you with a club. Right? You're the the goal yeah, is. Yeah, but very Shaq good. knows how to fight. Shaq Shaq has a fascination with hand to hand combat. Okay, he does. There's a video the... game. Oh yes, there's a video game called Shaq Fu. Which showcases his some That's of his based moves. on reality. I don't know my right. Shaq lore, right? Oh my god, yes. Right. No, you're you're talking to someone who knows Shaq. I think that he he would lose to a gorilla in 38 seconds, but would kill a chimp. Mm. All right, so we're gonna say it's gonna take somewhere between one and two shacks. Right, one point seven, maybe two, <laughs> definitely. Like one shack and one fight? shack without an arm. Next fight. Mm. <laughs> One shack without an arm would be that would be interesting. We should do it like that. We have the wo- the um, Wood Woes versus the Woes Wood, the nineteen ninety seven American historical drama by John Singleton. Mm. Mm. Not his best work, <laughs> no. in my opinion. No, no boys in the hood. Mm-mm. No, no higher learning. Boys in the wood. Uh, boys in the wood. Isn't there a movie called yeah, The I'm Wood, gonna, too? Yeah. I'm going to put this one on The Wood Woeses. I, I think the historical period, not as good for Singleton. Okay, we've got The Wood Woeses versus Three, three Woodroses. Uh, <laughs> Harrelson, Guthrie, and Wilson. 
Okay, Woody Harrelson. Right. And those Woody are all Guthrie. real Woodrows. Those are Woodrow right. are their yeah. real names. Well, we know that Woody Guthrie's guitar kills fascists because it says it right. That's on true. Yeah. So the question is, uh, many many Woodwoses, many of the wild men come from Germany. Are they are they <laughs> yeah. fascist? I don't. Yes, I, I would certainly say that they if. If you wanted to take them in their own society, I'm sure they have some sort of strongman situation. Mm, yeah. uh, I, I would be willing to call them fascists. And that's why if you see a Woodwows, punch him in the face. Right. <laughs> on YouTube. What could go wrong? Whenever yeah. I see anything strange or different, I punch it in the face. So, yeah. Yeah, well, yes, that's the, the same thing to trick. do. You do yeah. it. Yeah. All right. I, I agree with you guys. I think Woody Guthrie's anti-fascism takes today. Next up, uh, the Woodwoses. Falling into a pit of a hundred snakes and one in twenty is poisonous. Who wins? So I know the answer actually, okay. because woodwoses mm. often are depicted riding on stags, mm-hmm. mm. and stags, as we know, can heal themselves by snorting snakes through their nose. Oh, yes. And so I mean, you just the the more snakes it snorts, the stronger the stag gets, and the woodwose just sits on its back getting like bass. That's dope. I love that. Yeah. Well, that's an excellent answer. We'll move on to our next one. Um, next up, the woodwoses versus the unfunnies: Matt Reif, Dane Cook, and Chevy Chase. Mm. Mm. You know, I'm I'm gonna stand up for Chevy here. I know you hate him as oh, a person. Fuck. But I think he did some good work. I don't think you could take that away. I've never laughed at something he said or done. Fair enough. Takes all types. I'll put this one on the Woodwoses. Yeah, I think I don't see how they could defeat a Woodwose. That's a it's good true. point. They, they're, they're more verbal. Last but not least, Hal, I'm looking at you here. Hmm. We have the Woodwose versus Bill Compton from True Blood. See, you keep on bringing up things I've never seen. Yes, that's the fun. Okay, yeah, Bill Compton. That guy could not defeat a Woodwose. He was a vampire. Oh, yeah, wow, he was a, a... he was a Civil War soldier who was turned into a vampire, and he lo- falls in love with um, Sookie, who's a waitress. Yeah, I have to assume the vampire could defeat the Woodwose. They have more hit dice. I like that. Yeah, they they got a lot more tricks. They can turn into smoke. They can summon wolves. Yeah, they got, and they're going to have supernatural strength. Whereas I think Woodwose strength is going to top out in the upper end of natural. I agree, and that was fight night. What a fight. What a night. We're rounding the horn here, folks. Ethan, do you have any more? Layla presents Dungeons and Dragons. Number seven. Yes, you are in luck. There is a Dungeons and Dragons stage musical. Am I in luck? (laughs) There aren't a lot of fandoms that can rival D&D in terms of devotion and how they express their love for the game. The Australian filk group Tripod adapted the game for the stage as a musical. It follows the tale of three adventurers who set out on a quest involving magic and self-discovery. Sounds great. Hal, can you explain what filk is to the audience while I try and swallow the vomit that's in my mouth? So I I am pro-filk, so I, I, I can't... I, I may have filked myself. No, that's fair. I, that's fair. I may have filked myself, but if you... Uh, if you if you go to a science fiction convention and someone has taken a popular song or an unpopular song and given it nerdy lyrics, uh, this is a filk. And, I, and it's I, traditionally played with acoustic instruments live. Like, right. I would say like if someone's showing up with a karaoke track, I don't know if I would qualify that as filking. Okay, sure. Okay, sure. so 
but yes, it's acoustic. You. It's an acoustic parody of an unpopular song, or a popular song. I mean, like, oh, I thought you said unpopular. I'm sorry, popular or unpopular. Uh, like yeah, I, either one. My my favorite filk is is the tune of uh, Oh dear, what can the matter be? Which is perhaps no longer <laughs> popular. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, disagree. and I would say yeah, and they're imagine that they were about uh, a parody written about Star Trek or sure, sure. the Lord of the Rings, right? And being sung at your local <laughs> science fiction convention, not the national ones, your local, local science fiction convention. The imagine what you're hearing there. Number eight: Dungeons and Dragons, Mazes and Monsters. When D and D first came out, its use of dark magic made many believe that the game was a front for creeps to lure away innocent children. So great was the hysteria surrounding this belief that he even gave birth to a movie called Mazes and Monsters. Starring Tom Hanks. Yes, showing the negative effects of playing the game on Young Minds, starring Tom Hanks in his first leading role. Uh, His first actual role, I think, was in Are You Alone Alone in the Dark? Something like that. In the movie, Hanks' character is so consumed by his D&D character that he attacks a hobo in Manhattan thinking he is a goblin. He does do that. Yeah. I need to that watch was, that. That's dope. It's pretty bad. That was the mo- first movie that Anna and I watched uh, the night we met. Uh, we, oh, wow. watched, we met at That's a so sweet. Monsters movie night. That is super sweet. Anna's a Rona Jaffe fan, right? It's a book by Rona Jaffe, I believe. I, I believe uh, they've read a little Rona Jaffe. Yeah. And... Uh, if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to an episode uh, that I recorded with former guest of the show, Vuk, over on his show, Tracing Owls. Mm. Hear me talking about D&D and the satanic panic for a good hour. Just based on my knowledge, did not do enough research. Mm. Number nine, the Rapey McDemon module. One mm. D&D gaming module that ap- appeared in gaming shops in the 1980s was immediately pulled from circulation. Today, Mm -hmm. it is almost impossible to find an original copy of the module, Palace of the Silver Princess. Mm -hmm. The game caused controversy due to its cover picture. It showed a young woman being tied up by her own hair in front of a group of demons. The press had a field day with such a cover, so production was halted on that particular module. Yeah, and there was more to it than just the cover. There was, like, uh, inside there were transgender angels and uh all types of weird sounds dope yeah i mean it sounds good and it was one of the few modules that was written by a woman but if if i recall correctly the uh there's and maybe this is false but uh the art some of the the people who owned tsr at the time were uh caricatured in the art as the bad guys which Mm. maybe have been oh The real reason they pulled why it was, was pulled, yeah, uh, they didn't care when because they of that. their sensitive egos, right? Uh, they're like, hold on, page past very the demon. small penises. <laughs> well, Hal, I can't speak for Ethan, but I'm going to anyway. Do it. We're shaking in our boots here. Mm-hmm. You have to let us know. You have to let us know. Is it real? Is real? Check it, Bavakasha. Hey! Hey! So I want to answer that by saying, you know, you, you asked a whole bunch of things saying, is this a Woodwose? Is this a Woodwose? But you didn't ask the obvious, is this a Woodwose? Sorry. Mm. That's, is Bigfoot a Woodwose? 
Yeah, I was going to say the video we watched at the top of the show, coincidentally, we did not plan this, looked a lot like a Woodwose. I mean, didn't you just prove the existence of a Woodwose right there? That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Good job, I mean, Chips. 100% Bigfoot is real, and therefore Woodwoses are real here in North America. So we should they be scared. They came over <laughs> on the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Meharry Monster. Mm. <laughs> With Amerigo Vespucci? Is that the same? No. He was with Columbus, Amerigo Vespucci. No, they they went on two separate trips. They actually it, went kind of in different directions. Amerigo Vespucci was, times. was not with Columbus? No. He was the guy in the crow's nest for somebody. <laughs> well, he went you on his own journey. I'm going to give you this one. <laughs> sorry, sorry about my Amerigo Vespucci trivia. I have, I'll take that one. I'll own it. Is that the red light from Uncle Monster? It is. Red light. Hi, Uncle. Hey, guys. How you doing, Uncle? What's going on? Hey. Hi, Ethan. Hi, Hal. Hello. Good to meet you, Uncle. The pleasure is all on this side of the soundboard. I'm the show's <laughs> producer. Listen, you guys should watch a movie. What movie should we watch? You should watch the movie Dracula 2000. Oh, God. Is that right? What's it about? It dares to imagine a world where Dracula never saw the terrible events of 9-11. Oh, God. <laughs> Shit. That sounds like a great one. Is that Uncle Monster 2? Oh, my God. Hi, Shibble. Is that Hal? Hello. Hi, Hal. I really liked your story and your appearance on the show. Thank you. If you Uncle agree, Monster too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I hate to cut you off if you have a movie recommendation to. I could do but... that instead. I could tell you. You want to hear about a movie, Hal? Please, please do. Okay. You should check out Sorority Babes in a Slimeball Bolarama. I, I it's saw it. Is good. You've seen it? Yeah. It's a, with the um, USA Up All Night. Motherfucker, yeah, I gotta give you a different one. Okay, why don't you watch Superman 2, where the three <laughs> spacemen come out of the mirrors? It's a, it's not as good as Street Trash, and not as bad as Black Devil Bow from Hell, but don't take my word for it, Lavar. Thanks, Lavar, <laughs> And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Thank you again, Hal. Hal, if listeners want to... Stay in touch with you, follow what you're doing, keep updated. Is there a place where they can find you, like on the internet, something like that? Uh, sure, you can go to uh, my Substack, haljohnsonbooks.substack.com. And you can get all your, you can get your books there, right? You can get my, boy, well, you can get my books from, uh, you know, your local bookstore or Amazon. Um, but you'll find. Uh, and name, name, so, name the books again. Tell them which, which ones to be looking for. Okay, so the most recent books are Impossible Histories that we talked about. Uh, the um, Apprentice Academy Sorcerers, which is a, a kid's book about a uh, magical school full of uh, information about wizards from, from myth and legend. Uh, that just came out two months ago. And you can pre-order the sequel, Apprentice Academy Knights, uh, which will be coming nice. out next year. 
Uh, Finally, the one that's for erotic adults. The <laughs> that those those are no, it's nights with a K. I'm sorry, Apprentice about Academy the... Nights. <laughs> you guys check out Hal's stuff. He, he's yeah, a please. smart guy. What, he's a what funny was the last guy. book? Don't cut him off. He had one more book. Oh, I oh, apologize. Okay. Three that came out this year. I so, apologize. Sudden that's Glory is Sudden Glory is the novel with uh, with ancient conspiracies that you'll want to check out. Yeah, no, that, that one sounds cool. Little blue, that one. Don't read that, little kids. Okay. No, listen. Our audience appreciates a little Ooh, blue, and they and good. they are going to appreciate you, Hal. You did a wonderful job. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank yeah, you so much for having me. So nice. This is great. No, it was really a great time. Thank you, listeners, for uh, tuning in. Uh, thank you for liking and subscribing uh, or leaving a comment or a five star rating. If you're going below five stars, just. Save yourself some trouble and don't do that. Mm. Uh, and also, uh, if you want to find us on uh, social media, you can find us on Instagram at Uncle Monster Six. You can find us on Blue Sky at UncleMonster.BSky.Social, and you can find our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Uncle Monster Six. We've got a bunch of fun bonus episodes. We're about to start recording tomorrow. We will be recording our episode on our new mini series paranormal activity every long time listeners will know that i hate ghosts and i hate found footage so tune in as i uh watch these feature-length films it's my revenge for the winorski files you that you were on board with that idea i'm just joking i enjoyed it man well thanks so much for tuning in and until next time don't, don't get, get spooked, spooked.